What is going on, everybody? What is going on? It is your guy, David, and I am back with another episode of the Top Bunk Sports Podcast. And today I got a special guest with me. He is from the Ruthless Talk Podcast. It is my guy, the one and only James Porcelli. What is going on, man? How are you? How are you? Good man, I'm 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 sort of how do you say it? jet lagged after all this uh, raw and mania. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> so it, it's 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 kind of we got a lot. We're definitely gonna touch base on on that and everything that's been going on. I know it's been a controversial controversial week as far as you could put it. I know there's a lot of questions as far as night one and night two and Vince being back in the situation and, and triple H where he falls into the whole situation, you know, a, a lot of things to get to, but um, before we get into all the wrestling nonsense and all that, I, I wanted to kind of get to know how you started, uh, you know, in your ventures, as far as with ruthless talk, um, what made you cover wrestling and, and what got you into just podcasting? Cause there's other ways to cover it. Uh, but obviously podcasting is, is one of the main things that everybody tends to branch off to nowadays with, you know, all the technology and all the platforms that people get to go, you know, get to do it with. So what kind of, what got you started in this whole thing? Well, first of all, I want to thank you, man, just for having me on your platform. Um, and I appreciate you uh, for being a part of, uh, of my podcast just a couple of weeks ago as we also, uh, we did a show uh, filling in for my co-host, Brian, um, and you'll be back, of course, on our uh, Saturday show, which is going to be a lot of fun talking about uh, you know, SmackDown after Mania and God knows what's going to happen then, you know, with all this stuff with, with Endeavor, uh, UFC and all this bull crap, right? Um, but yeah, so, but, but before I say anything else, I just appreciate you having me on it. It means, uh, it means a lot to be on your platform and so appreciate that. Um, but yes, you know, um, you know, like you mentioned as well on, on our podcast, you know, I'm just, I'm also a big time sports fan. I've also been a wrestling fan, um, for, (laughs) for, for quite some time, you know, I grew up in the ruthless aggression era, you know, kind of, you know, in that same frame of ruthless talk and that type of frame thought it would be pretty catchy. Yeah. I grew up in that era of wrestling. My co-host, Brian, um, he does, or he's, he grew up in a different era of wrestling. So you kind of get those two different type of perspectives, you know, one's from a different, uh, generation and one is from a complete another. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of wrestling, man. I've always loved it. I've always loved talking about it. And, you know, like you mentioned, you know, a lot of the most popular thing going on a lot is, is, is podcasting, you know, and I feel like, you know, it's funny growing up, I was never the biggest talker. I was a very shy, quiet kid. So I never knew how good I would be at. Uh, but then I also started getting into coaching. You know, obviously my, my life outside of podcasting, um, I'm a baseball instructor. Um, I'm also a personal trainer um, and also training. And, you know, I'm currently training for my uh, third marathon this year. Um, I also train CrossFit. So I do a lot, a lot of stuff outside of these podcasts, but, um, but I never thought I would be the best talker at it. And, you know, and I was, and it was something that I've always wanted to do. A lot of other podcasters, um, you know, doing this before us definitely inspired me to do so. Um, and yeah, just, and I wanted to just become a voice in the community, you know, and build a community around with wrestling fans that, you know, not that just love professional wrestling, but want to see it get better. That is the ultimate goal when it comes to ruthless talk. And, and O'Brien is also in the same, um, in the same, uh, mindset as well, you know, just building a, a community that wants to make this company, whether it's WWE, AEW, you know, better. Um, and so that, that is the ultimate goal there. And, you know, and, and it's funny, uh, David, you know, you always, 
we've always talked about, you know, people having opinions, right? I think, you know, it's, it's like the old saying goes, right? It's like, everybody's got opinions. We all got one and they're usually full of crap, right? So, and to, but to me, like, I don't like just using opinions, you know, opinions is fine. You know, it's, and there's no shame of having an opinion, but when it comes to trying to make a company like WWE, which is what we're going to get into. And of course, you know, AEW and maybe others, um, you know, we want to mention the facts, you know, we want to mention what is actually helping the company, no matter what we feel about a wrestler, about a company, about a show or anything, you know, and I want to be that voice to be like, you know, it's okay to have your opinion, but when it comes down to helping the company and helping the wrestlers, not just the company, but the wrestlers, because the wrestlers deserve, you know, all, you know, the glory and, and, and everything in between. Right. So that, that's just the, the main, like the motivation behind it. And, you know, at the end of the day too, I just love covering it. It's just at the end of the day for me right now, it's just a hobby, you know, who knows, maybe this might branch out into something bigger in the future. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what it uh, came about. You know, I started doing, um, you know, Instagram uh, live videos before we even started uh, podcasting. So I, I've developed a, a Facebook page and Instagram uh, page kind of just, you know, building up the audience and things like that. Um, a lot of people from the North Carolina area, and of course on our, uh, our Twitter spaces that we've joined before in the past and also in the, in the wrestling community, uh, me and Brian, we, uh, we handed out flyers uh, just a couple weeks ago, just again, just trying to build up the audience. Um, and yeah, just trying to just, just build a wrestling community that everybody that can be proud of, you know, it's like, they look at, they look at, you know, people like me and people like Brian, they come onto that, onto our platform, like, man, like these dudes know what the frick they're talking about because they are calling it right down the middle. They're speaking the facts, they're speaking the metrics and, and so on and so on. So, but yeah, just, just something that I'm, I'm truly proud of and hopefully it continues to grow into something special. So. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of I, I learned that um, listening a couple to a couple of your episodes. I know you know weekly you would send me new episodes during you know in the DMs, and then when you joined the space the other day, uh, for those that don't know, uh, I held the Twitter space right after night two of WrestleMania, and James kind of just gave his opinion. He went off. Uh, everything that, that he said was spot on. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I will go off and I will Best get body is that you're passionate. from time to time. Just a spoiler exactly. alert. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, so. listen, you're... <laughs> You're you're passionate, um, and the best part about it is you're passionate about, and you know what you're talking about. It's not something there where you're passionate, but you don't know what you're talking about. You know what you're mm -hmm. talking about, and that's the best part. Like I, I'd rather deal with somebody that is passionate, but that knows what they're talking about and knows the facts and understands, you know, the industry behind it, left and right. So it, it everything that you said was spot on. Obviously, we have people that disagreed with us because you, you've heard me back up your statement as far as, you know, Cody and stuff like that. A lot of people disagreed with us. Um, and, you know, obviously, it's going to happen from time to time. You know, not everybody's perfect. Everybody has their opinions. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on night one and night two, specifically on night one. What was your favorite match? And what did you think about the overall show just, you know, based on night one itself? Uh, man, well, I mean, night one itself, honestly, before I get into what my favorite match was, um, just night one itself, honestly, was like, honestly, a fairy tale. I mean, from start to finish, I mean, it was just, just extremely solid throughout. And I, and, you know, I know people have their talks about, you know, the start of the show, which was Austin Theory and John Cena. Um, and, you know, people just hate on Theory just to want to hate on Austin Theory, because that's just a fun thing to do in this community, right? Because Austin Theory is a Vince McMahon guy. You know, John Cena is a part-timer and this and this and that, right? I thought the match was done very well. It was very simplistic. It was it was effective. 
Austin Theory was getting tremendous heel heat from the crowd. Um, and the match was done very well. I mean, Cena, I thought, you know, I mean, the, the match was, it wasn't just a typical John Cena freaking match where he just comes back and he just does his shoulder tackles, his five knuckle shuffle, whatever the hell, right? Um, but yeah, the star of the show was fine. Austin Theory, I mean, of course, him winning was the right call. Um, and, just, and just everything throughout. I mean, even Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. I'm not the biggest Charlotte Flair fan. And, I, and I've had my takes about, about Charlotte Flair. You know, the top, uh, you, you've been a part of those, those takes as well in, in our Twitter spaces and all that stuff. And even in my episodes, I've spoken uh, a lot of stuff about Charlotte Flair um, and just how she's just been booked and everything like that. But she put on a tremendous freaking match against Rhea Ripley. And I got to give credit where credit is due. And, of course, Rhea winning was the right call. And, of course, the tag match. I mean, what else can I say about the freaking tag match? It was the main event that should have happened. Um, and I'm glad that we got it. We all spoke out. And it freaking happened. And I'm just – and everything that just transpired up to that moment was just done very well. In regards to my favorite match – Man, that is because the, the, towards the end is where it started to really get good when it started with Dominic and Rey Mysterio in those last three matches to end the night. I would honestly say, Top, it's probably a tie between that tag match and Dominic versus Rey Mysterio. And, and I think the main thing is just the build, the build leading up to the moment. I mean, Dominic and Rey Mysterio, the... I mean, everything that's transpired leading up to the match, which makes professional wrestling, especially back in the day. I know we didn't grow up in this time frame, but in the Attitude Era and even in the freaking 80s, um, that's what made professional wrestling special. And we felt that. We felt that between, in a, what, you know, a realistic type of feel between Dominic and, and Rey Mysterio. The entrances and everything I thought was freaking cool. Um, and yeah, the match itself. Um, and just, again, everything leading up to it. Um, but if, if I did have to choose one uh, top, I would definitely say the tag match just because how, especially in, in regards to Sami Zayn's point of view, from being the honorary oos, from freaking, you know, turning his back on Roman, the steel chair shot, the, the slow burn with Kevin Owens. So definitely I would say in that ultimate moment, uh, cultivating moment, taking those titles from the Usos, which was 600, I want to say was 620 plus days. Um, so definitely no doubt, probably I would put that at number one and maybe, uh, I would say Rey Mysterio and Dominic at number two, I would say in that order. And honestly, even though, again, I'm not the biggest Charlotte Flair fan, I'll put it, I'll put that at number three again, guys. And that's the thing about, and that's the thing about me, you know, even though I don't like somebody, I will not be afraid to, to call something out and saying it, it was damn good. Um, because again, like you mentioned, like I'm a very passionate person, I'm passionate regardless of what I do, whether it's whether it's, you know, being a trainer, whether it's being a coach, whether it's uh, being just being an athlete and training for a certain event, for a CrossFit event or for another marathon, like, or, you know, playing collegiate sports, you know, being a collegiate baseball player back then, I've always been very passionate at what I do. Um, and, and I want to bring that same type of energy to the platform and to the wrestling community. So, but yeah, no doubt that tag match freaking stole the show for sure for night one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think the Dom... And Ray matchup, you you had the storyline uh kinda it built itself up for a really good match. I thought it was a really good match myself. Um the entrances from top to bottom. Uh you know, credit to Dominic too. I mean, Absolutely. you talk about his first WrestleMania, uh that that's that's a pressure situation. I mean, it wasn't no tune up match. He's going against uh, a legend in this in in the game in Ray Mysterio. Um 
really held his character. He didn't fail at all. I mean, the stuff that he did to his sister when he threw the drink in her face. I mean, the stuff that he was doing to his mom when he got in her face, calling Ray a deadbeat in front of her. Like he, the the man held his own. And there's nothing negative that I could say to Dominic because when he first came into the business, everybody thought, "Oh, this kid is gonna be handed the keys because he's Ray Mysterio's son." And, you know, they're, they're going to hand him the keys or whatever, and he's not going to do what we think he's going to do. And he completely turned that narrative out, turned it around, shut it down. And he, he's been great. Um, I, I do see a great future for this kid. Uh, and then if you go you go back into the tag team matchup, just everything based on the tag team, match, uh, the, the build up to that match itself. I mean, you talk about Sammy's run with the bloodline, then him turning on them at the rumble and, you know, trying to a lot. Cause you know, Kevin Owens and Roman had their thing too at the rumble at one point. So it, it, it all came together. The matchup was great. The ending was great. Had everybody on their feet. I don't think one person was bored of that matchup at all. Uh, so I, I, I do agree with you on that. There's really nothing I could, I could say or disagree with that. As far as night two, what what was your thoughts on night two? I know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, opinions on night two. Um, what was your thoughts and what was your favorite match on on, uh, uh, on night, night two? two? Where do I begin, Todd? Where do I begin with night two? Uh, it's like again, it's like night one was a fairy tale. It's like everything is like you're on a you're on like such a high, and then you get to night two and it goes into a completely just a different direction. Um, I'll get to my favorite match first, and then I'll get to my thoughts about this. So, um, I mean, no doubt. I mean, I think even though regardless of the results, and I'm going to get to the results in just a second, no doubt had to be uh, Roman and Cody Rhodes. Um, I mean, they just tore the freaking house down. Again, it's a shame in regards to the result of the match, but those two freaking just went at it as I expected it to be. We've asked for it. I know me and I know a lot of other fans, we asked for it, that Cody Rhodes was the guy to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. We got it, and we delivered such a beautiful match. So can't, in regards to the match, I can't say anything less about it. But, man, what a what a just a disappointment freaking night. I mean, it's, it, and as soon as Omos right, starts off the show, I knew right then and there that we were in for a rude awakening um, because – I mean, the fact it, it's bad enough that Brock Lesnar and Omos, and I freaking love Brock Lesnar. I love the dude. I love how he brings a sense of realism to, to professional wrestling. I love all of that. But this whole feud is something that just makes no sense. And at the end of the day, nobody, nobody asked for it the last time I checked. Um, and yet it's starting, it's starting WrestleMania, your grandest stage of all. So again, right then and there, fans, LA is just being put to sleep. That, that's the first thing. Uh, the women's showcase. I mean, it's hard to showcase freaking women when they're only given eight minutes in a match. I mean, it's just, you know, and even the men's showcase from the previous night, that is when you do, you know, we, and, and I know you know this better than I do, uh, David, is that we talk about the generation of wrestlers today. They do a lot of the flips. They do a lot of Canadian destroyers. They'll do freaking, you know, all this bull crap and all this, you know, all this other stuff, right? To you know, they all the moves that they did in their in their mother's backyard, doing all the freaking, you know, jumping on the trampoline and stuff, right? But that's when you do it. That's when you have that type of match on a grand stage like Mania. You know, we see it all the time in weekly shows, and it's just it's redundant and it goes nowhere, and no story story is told. Um, so that was just really disappointing. I feel bad for all eight of those freaking women that were involved. Um, and of course, the Hell in a Cell match too, since that's on my mind, that's the first thing that came to mind as well. Um, a lot of just the results, and this was the trend mostly for the most part, 
most of these matches were damn solid. It's just the results just boggled my freaking mind because, especially, and I'll start with Edge yep. since we since I, I since I brought it up. I love freaking Edge. Yeah. I, I try to soak in everything that Edge does because he's at the end of his career, and I don't know, you know, how long Edge is going to be doing this. Um, I know he's been talking about retirement and maybe in the month of August in in, in Canada or something like that. Um, but I thought him winning the match, I just did not. It was just not the right call because you have a guy like Finn Balor who is playing the demon. Right. The demon. I mean, him deeming the demon losing that match, honestly, is more harm than edge than edge, you know, winning the match or it, the, the loss does more to Finn Balor losing than it does to edge winning, if that makes sense to everybody. So I was not on board with that. The match itself was kick ass. Bianca Belair and Asuka. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, for eight years, David, I mean, this woman for eight years has not been given the time of day. It is a shame. It is a travesty. And yet, once again, it reared his ugly head when, for some reason, Bianca Belair, who, again, I freaking love Bianca. I love her title reign. But last night or on Sunday night was Asuka's night to take that title, and they did not do it. And I freaking ranted about that on my podcast. If you want to check that out, that's on Spotify now. I'm up on my platform, and I freaking went off on there as well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's just it, it's just crazy, man, how a a switch just flips and it's ironic, right? How just not even right after the show ends, then we hear about this stuff with, with Endeavor, with the UFC and the company being sold. And now that Vince McMahon no longer has that majority, uh, majority uh, investment in the company, it's now hold by Endeavor. You know, they have the final say, you know, if, if Endeavor tells Vince to jump, Vince can only say how high. Um, and that's, what's crazy about all this situation in this entire situation. But yeah, it, it's just, it's disappointing. Um, it, it was really tremendously disappointing. And uh, like I said, I, I think I, I, I used all of the words that I needed to say up on my podcast. So like I said, if you guys want to check that out, go ahead and check that out. But yeah, in, in a nutshell, just to put it all into a bow, it was just comparing to night one, man. It was just disappointing. So, Yeah, I mean, and shout out to to Bianca for her exits. Yeah. Uh, if people don't know, she brought Entrance out the, the – the, uh, I forgot the – uh, Pardon me for forgetting the name of the group. Uh, they're, I think, the Lady of Compton mm-hmm. or something like that. And um, you know, she did. It, if if nobody, if any anybody seen the entrance, uh, there was a little girl. They were doing flips uh, right before Bianca came. Her mother had passed that yeah. same mm-hmm. day, and I think it was very dope for them. I mean, if you guys saw the post conference, uh, Triple H got emotional just describing yeah. it, and uh, I think it was really dope that they were able to give her that opportunity, considering the, you know. The situation that she was going through, I don't see how anybody could, you know, war- you know, wrap that up and kind of uh, deal with that on the same day that, uh, you, you know, they lose a loved one, especially That's somebody's it. mother. Uh, so for them to make to give her that opportunity and to kind of, you know, cheer her up as much as they could by letting her uh, create a moment that she'll never forget. I think it was really awesome and really dope on their end. Um, and the fact that Bianca wanted to do that, it just shows her character, not only in, in the ring, but outside the ring. Uh, but as far as your point on Asuka, yeah, man, they, they've, for somebody that was so dominant in New Japan and came here to really take over, they really haven't given her the time of day or, or chance to really succeed like she had the chance. I mean, you go back to to, to WrestleMania 34, she faced Charlotte, Charlotte beat her. Then she comes here, 
Um, she comes all, all the you you fast forward all the way to WrestleMania 39, and she's in the main event again against Bianca Belair, and they don't give her they don't put her over. So it, it's you know it's you're wondering what is next for her. Like what it's not to me. It's the same thing that we spoke about with Cody and Roman. If if, if down the line in SummerSlam, Cody and Roman face, it's not going to have the same feel. It's not going to have the same edge to it. So if they have Asuka beat her at a different pay-per-view, it's not going to have the same pizzazz or the same moment or energy. So I, I do agree with you on that. As far as my opinion, everything that you said as far as how the show went is 100% correct. My favorite matchup was the main event. I think a lot of people, I know that the Gunther, the oh, triple threat match <laughs> basically took every, <laughs> I, I, I it, it took, it swept me by my feet. Oh man. Swept, swept me by my feet. I, I, I was sitting there. I was, for some reason, I thought at one point, I thought Gunther was going to lose it just based off the energy of that matchup and the pace yeah. that it went. Um, Shout out to them for, for making the right decision and put, and having Gunther keep the title. I, I think probably, it was very I would smart of them. I that over Roman and Cody if the build was there, honestly, because there was hardly any build in that. But yeah, yeah dude, they, that yeah. was as physical as it gets, as we knew it was going to be. But yeah, I mean, just the, the, the chops, like, dude, you, LA can hear that. People over at San Francisco can hear those chops. That's how freaking loud it was. Uh, but yeah, dude, like overall, just, yeah. just absolutely yeah. super physical. But yeah, imagine if the freaking build, though, was just freaking, was just better, man. I mean, same thing about Rhea and Charlotte. Imagine if there was a build and a story behind it, you know? So, but yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, if they if they would have made that build as as smart as they would have as they could have planned it uh we definitely possibly would have been talking about a different match of the night when it comes to night two the only reason why i say cody and roman are is my favorite matchup is because again i've been a cody fan uh since he since he left WWE. once he debuted the american nightmare and he dyed his hair blonde like i i and and you started noticing that he was getting more respect i became a a fan of cody um and then to ultimately you know revolve turn back the time and for him to come back to where he first started and them giving him the opportunity to to become who he is uh it it was dope i thought he was the only person uh in my opinion to take the title off of roman i don't you can't give me a guy in the locker room right now i mean in the space you know how many times i asked who else if, if somebody can give me a guy that is on a momentum right now the one that cody's on that makes sense for them to take the title off of Roman. Give me, give me that guy. Not one person in that space was able to name one specific guy that it, that that is that it, it's believable for them to take the title off of Roman besides Cody. And and that was my situation. I, I get that Roman. They want Roman to 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 keep his legendary title reign. But I, I just again, I I just think there's nobody right now. There's nobody right now. It doesn't make any sense. You're going into a whole summer, if you want to call it, even though we're in the spring. You're going into a whole summer, basically us not knowing what Roman is going to go Guess through. Guess what? Now. He's going to be he's going to be more part time than he was before. Remember how fans would always complain that oh he's part time, he doesn't show up to work. Well, guess what? You're going to see more of it now, <laughs> and and he's going to be holding on to those titles. Yeah. Till all the way to what? Maybe SummerSlam, probably. I think uh, there's going to be, I know, a show in Puerto Rico. There's going to be a show in Saudi. And then they're, they're going to have uh, SummerSlam sometime in August, right? So, but yeah, Roman, he's going to continue this part time role. He's going to hold both of those titles. You're going to have a Brock 
and Cody feud now that doesn't even involve a title. Brock's not even going to be there to tell the story. So Cody has to t- now p- take that story, whatever they're going to tell, which is going to be very weird. It would be, be more, it, it would make more sense if there was titles involved. But now he's got to carry whatever that story is going to be on his back because Brock's not going to be there to tell it either. And it's just, it's just a very weird, it's just a very weird and odd situation. Now we're back in the same position that that we've been in, you know, when Roman was holding the titles. But there was a reason why that Roman Reign was holding the titles. It was to drop the freaking titles at Mania. But now you, you, they messed that up, and and now here we are, you know. And then that's so, yeah, exactly, and, yeah, and. And you 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 go you go straight into Raw, and well, first and foremost, what were your thoughts on before we get into the ending of it and the main event? What what was your thoughts on the on the Raw after Mania, the show, the worst freaking Raws I've ever seen in in recent memory. (laughs) Honest to God, that like that is the biggest load of my morning shit is probably better than freaking Monday Night Raw this this past Monday. Seriously, Um, it's just I I mean, guys, I, I have never. I'm just lost for words, and I was lost for words. Uh, I, like I said, I just my recent podcast was covering uh, Raw after WrestleMania, and I and I've just never seen a show that just felt so lazy, just lackluster, and just no care. And it also screams Vince McMahon written all over it. And when I also say Vince McMahon too, David, I also mean as well Triple H because Triple H is just as you know involved in this and should be more to blame or just as to blame than vince mcmahon because if you guys know triple h the dude is vince mcmahon 2.0 i've said this from even before i've had uh the platform that i have before i even started covering podcasts uh, triple h has always been a vince mcmahon guy you know he always uh, he was very power hungry you know he was he always wanted some sense of power same with vince mcmahon vince mcmahon it's not about money at this point it's not about it's not about any of that it's about power and that's what triple h wants so anytime nxt is a perfect example nxt there was a certain vibe there was a different aura about it and then as soon as vince mcmahon put his hands on that with all the bright colors and all the pg stuff what did Triple H do? He didn't do a damn thing. He 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 stood shoulder to shoulder with Vince McMahon all the way to the freaking bank because that's who Triple H is. He is going to do whatever Vince McMahon tells him to freaking do. If Vince McMahon tells him to jump, Triple H is going to say how high off of this freaking bridge. So yeah, that again, it's just and I I just you know I I do the same thing with Tony Khan. I hold Tony Khan accountable same way I hold Triple H accountable. But it's it's like dude, this this dude could rob a bank. And this, and, and he will still get away with it from wrestling fans. They'll they'll still praise this dude for being, you know, cre- being a gr- one of the greatest bookers in professional wrestling. Where maybe okay, is it slightly better? Yes. Is it that much better than what Vince McMahon does? Absolutely not. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Um, so that's just honestly uh, top the most frustrating thing out of all of this is that people want to continue to give Triple H excuses when he's just as more involved in Vince McMahon in, in all of this. Yeah. I mean, I listen, we, we spoke about Triple H's difference as far as when he was controlling NXT to mm-hmm. what he's doing now. It's a huge difference and it's a huge downgrade in my opinion. Um, again, I, I mentioned that I went to NXT takeover in Brooklyn back in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and when I was there, like I told you, the vibe was different, man. The the just 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 going in there, you're not talking about um uh raw, you're not talking about SmackDown. It it felt like an underground promotion. It felt like 
Electricity like it was man. raw. Like no, no, no pun intended. Yeah, like no pun intended. It felt like it was raw. It felt like it was, it was, it was something different. Like this, this is why people tuned into NXT because these young guys, the promos. First of all, you couldn't even tell that it was PG half the time they were cutting these promos. That's number one. Then number two, the wrestling was just nonstop, back and forth. All it was, it no. No, they they weren't really like risky. They were risky on a lot of things, but it was it was organic. Like these guys knew each other. The, the, like the Sasha and Bailey and 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 Charlotte at a time and 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 uh, Dakota Kai. Like all the all these all these young uh, you know wrestlers that we talk about that are now that are uh, you know up. They 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 had their momentum. I'm Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, like you know Velveteen Dream at one point, Matt Riddle, uh, like. All these guys, man, Alistair Black, like it's so many guys that, again, I know that was their minor leagues, if you want to call it, but they could have kept those guys there because of how much success they were having. So because they were having so much success and, you know, then Vince goes through what he goes through. He ends up having to step down. Triple H ends up having, first of all, before Triple H even took over, Vince destroyed NXT, in my opinion. I really don't watch NXT that much simply because of what he did to NXT. And what he does to them on the main roster, they, when they I do always, get to the main roster. So what's the point? If they're going to be treated like crap over yeah. the main roster, what's the point of watching NXT? But yeah, that, that's where that's where I come from, honestly, yeah. NXT. I mean, I'll still watch it here and there. Yeah. I, obviously, I, I try to keep up with goes, what goes on over there. I still haven't watched uh, Stand and Deliver. I heard a lot of good things about that uh, this past weekend as well, as far as well as NXT, which was last night. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, when you see people like Karrion Cross when they were first in NXT and he gets, he puts on a shiny red helmet suspenders and they're like, what are we doing with Karrion Cross? You know, it, it just, it, it, it yeah. just screams Vince McMahon written all over it. But then there's Triple H that just lets Vince McMahon and, and, and everyone else, every other suit and tie just lets him do whatever the heck he wants to do. I mean, the fact that when, during his retirement, right. And how quickly he was able to get onto the board that quickly because he had all of his ducks in a row. He has Nick Khan, he has you know Triple H and Stephanie at the time before she bounced and she took uh, Triple H's balls with her. Um, you know, so it's just it's just frustrating how nobody will just stand up to this dude. Shane McMahon had to freaking leave. Uh, is he's left the company twice because he he has he wants nothing to do with the company and I don't blame them. Sasha Banks and Naomi they took their ball and went home because they were lied to about actually the company building a women's tag division. They lied through their teeth and they bounced and I don't blame them. So it, it's just a mess and and I and now we're now we're and it's and I I even mentioned this on the podcast like you know this is honestly to me and I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer about it because I want to see the company succeed and I want to see. You know, I always want to take some positives here and there, but man, we, we, we might as well get used to this because we're going to continue to see it, especially now Vince McMahon back being an executive chairman or whatever his role is. I know he, you know, he still has power, even though he's not the majority, the majority placeholder or investment holder um, outside of uh, Endeavor and UFC. But yeah, I mean, this is at, the shows that you saw on, on Monday. Those are the shows that you're most likely going to see for weeks to come. Yeah, I mean, everybody was talking about how finally Vince doesn't have a say, it doesn't have a foot in anything, and uh, ooh, for what we know, that's 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 not the case. <laughs> so, um, look, I, I, I mean, and I, I didn't mean, even, I'm sorry, even when I, you, I don't mean to cut you off. I, I honestly no, feel like Triple H, or excuse me, Vince McMahon never left. He never really left the company. He has always been 
in Triple H's. If, if people really think that that Vince McMahon took his ball, went went on vacation onto a cruise in in in, in Hawaii, whatever, then you don't know Vince McMahon. He's he has all, since even with the whole retirement and the a- accusations. Once that got cleared, you knew that he was going to get his foot or get his hand back into the cookie jar. But even before that, he's he, you know even with some of the decisions that Triple H was doing, there was a little. There were little red flags that like, whoa, that screams Vince McMahon. It's because Vince McMahon has always been his ear. And Triple H is the biggest ass kisser in that entire freaking company. Again, that's just not I'm not just doing that just to just to, you know, be harsh on Triple H. It's just the reality. Um, again, I loved him as a performer. He's one of the, the best performers. You know, the game, Triple H, the Cerebral Assassin. But as a businessman, he is the biggest ass kisser I've in that entire company. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, I, I, like I said before, there's a difference that you see when he's, what he's done with NXT to what he's done when he's got creative control of Monday Night Raw. Um, I mean, the Sasha thing, and I'm not just saying this because I'm in love with Sasha. I think, I think Sasha, not only her wrestling skills, but I think her promos are fucking fire. I think she's beautiful uh, inside and out. Like, Sasha, I, thanks. I, Nobody, nobody was can nobody was touch touching her. her. No one as can far sniff as... her jock strap. Seriously. <laughs> nope. 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 No, no. You are a hundred percent right. Nobody. Nobody was able to touch her. And I think her and Naomi kind of got they, they they started noticing the the wheel starting to turn as far as the bullshit that they were putting up as far as the women's tag division. Um, you know, people were also criticizing her and Naomi for leaving, and it's just like, listen, at the end of the day. Sasha alone, not no disrespect to Naomi, but Sasha alone carries that entire division. So, like, if it's not Charlotte, it's her. She, it, like, she's the one carrying that that damn division. So, I I don't understand how people could criticize her. They're they're disrespecting her. She was the one. Uh, she was the one that was basically putting the women's division on her back and and giving them the the so so called uh like you know uh you know, spotlight or whatever you want to call it, that the momentum that the women's division was getting. I mean, it was, if we all want to go back to it, it was basically Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, uh, Paige at one point. Because before that, nobody really cared about the women's division like that. Like, we we weren't tuning in all the time to watch what the 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 women were going to do. They were just the deepest title and (laughs) Yeah, the, the only deepest person division. was AJ yeah. Lee. Nobody right? cared. AJ Lee was was also was at the time when she when she was there. She was carrying that division on her back, and that pretty much started the whole women's re- yeah. revolution or whatever. So, but yeah, AJ Lee was the only one. Yeah. Maybe if I go back, I can maybe think of maybe one or two other women. But yeah, that's that's really it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and again, like I said, we weren't really tuning in. I don't know about you, but I wasn't tuning in to watch to see what the divas were going to mm-hmm. do. It wasn't until they brought Sasha up and they brought yeah. Charlotte up, people that yeah. I was watching before they brought them up. So when Stephanie brought them up and introduced them, I was like, "Oh shit, Sasha Banks is here!" Like Charlotte, like it's, mm-hmm. it felt different. Then from there on, you kind of saw them start starting to care more about the women's division and 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 really put the effort into it. Um, I think they're still doing it now. I just think that there's certain decisions that are kind of like, all right, we got to really we, we got to see what the hell you guys are doing, because you got you, there's not certain decisions that they agree on. So I, I think I think I think after after in my opinion, after Sasha left, I think they, they were really in a bind and they really 
didn't know what they what they were going to do because she was such a big part of the women's division. I think keep getting Rhea Ripley to win that to win the women's championship was was a smart thing. You needed something fresh. I think fans were kind of starting to get sick and tired of Charlotte and and they were like, "Yo, we need something fresh." I mean, even even at one point you saw when she broke character when after she lost the match and you saw her standing, uh, sitting outside of the ring and she was kind of smiling and stuff like that. You kind of saw it, it, it was, it yeah. was cool to see, mm-hmm. but it was something fresh. It was, it was something fresh as, as, as far as that. So I, I think, I think that, I think they were on a really uh, good role with that. Um, the one thing that I wanted to ask you is, you know, now that we kind of, got into the whole raw thing and, and, and triple H and, and, and how, you know, how they're running it, the ending of it, when I'll give you my opinion on it and then you could, and then I'll hand it over to you. Once they announced in the beginning of the show or once, once they had uh Brock Lesnar come out to tag with Cody, I knew Brock was mm-hmm. turning on Cody. They never use Brock to tag team ever since he's been back. What makes you think, that all of a sudden now they're going to have Brock just tag team with Cody, a guy that he hasn't even, he's never really faced in the ring. All of a sudden now it's, oh, it's too big a start. They're just going to, you're not going to end. There's no way you're going to end the show like that. You, there's, there's always going to be something, it, even if the show's not going as well as we think, they, it's, it's the raw after mania. I mean, you want to talk about endings. You had Brock returning um, and, and F5 and John Cena. You had Ryback clotheslining close line, uh, close John Cena and shocking everybody. You, you had so many endings to the raw after mania that there was no way you were just going to end that off with a tag match. There was no way a fucking F five to Roman was going to make any sense. Cause people are tired of that. So when he did that to Cody, I, I knew it. Like I, I figured I was like, yeah, he, he's going to attack Cody at some point. I didn't know it was right then and there. Like when, when Samantha Irving was doing the introduction or, 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 or this guy, the, the other guy that does the introduction for all. Um, but I, I predicted it. Uh, so what it, what was your opinion on that, and where do you see that going as far as that build up? Man, uh, like I like I said earlier, man, it's just like you know you think of the Raw after Mania, it's just like you think of like you mentioned like stuff that's it's it feels uh, the electricity you feel like it's different, right? It's not just a normal Monday Night Raw; it's different. You still have that WrestleMania type of vibe, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yesterday it was just last past Monday it was just a another Monday Night Raw. And you knew, and right from the jump, right? And this is where I go back to Triple H just for a second. He starts the show off and he says all this bull crap about nothing's changing. This is the same WWE that everyone has known and loved. We ain't going anywhere. When Triple H says that, guys, it's the complete opposite because <laughs> they lie through their teeth. And once that was said, David, we got nothing but a bunch of bull crap for three plus freaking hours, stuff that made no sense stuff that was not intriguing and stuff. It was just lazy. It was just a lazy run of the muck type of show. Um, and in regards to Brock and Cody, since we're kind of on the subject with that, um, I mean, you, and you kind of knew as well, right in there when they did intro, when they did the introductions, I'm like, okay, what are we doing? We're doing introductions to a tag match. I'm like, you kind of knew right then and there that that something was up. Um, but again, David, and again, I, I would be fine with it. If Cody was holding the titles, that's my issue. Because Roman Reigns is going to take his ball. He's going to go home, right? He's going to go home. He's on a part-time schedule now. And he's going to hold on to those two titles and keep them hostage. 
for what, till he reaches a thousand days? So again, the a thousand day title reign of Roman Reigns. And again, I freaking love Roman. I love the tribal chief and I love Joe Anawai, the person himself and him with his battle with cancer and, and, and going up to being legit the top guy in this company. Much love to Roman Reigns, right? But Cody Rhodes's momentum was that much more important than in a thousand day title reign. It's not sometimes just about the length of the title reign. It's how you lose it in, in a certain situation. Obviously, you know, title reigns need to be feel prestigious. To me, like a, a good title reign is probably more than six to six to eight months or maybe more. That that's a solid title reign, of course, depending how it's booked, right? But now you're gonna hype up a WrestleMania backlash show in Puerto Rico. And your world champion is probably not going to be there. I mean, he's telling the story between him himself and the Usos. I acknowledge that. And maybe there was a centimeter of intrigue with that whole situation. But why does it need to involve titles? Like, why does Roman Reigns? Because, and again, guys, Roman Reigns is not going to be there to tell the story. He's going to have a part-time schedule and he's not going to be there. So why is he holding the titles? We're just in the same situation that we were when he was holding the titles before. And I have been with Roman Reigns holding those titles. I've been, on, I've been in the minority saying, no, Roman Reigns needs to hold on to those titles. He needs to hold them all the way till Mania when Cody Rhodes faces him in Mania. That, and I stuck by that. But while everyone else said, oh no, Drew McIntyre needs to win at Clash of the Castle, or Seth Rollins needs to freaking win the title, or better yet, for Cesaro, like you name it, whoever came across Roman Reigns, that every single person was the guy to take the title. But yet, no. But there was me, and I know Brian feels the same way about Roman Reigns needed to hold those titles all the way to Mania because WrestleMania is the place where you drop those titles in an epic title reign. But now here we are, just for what to reach a thousand day title reign that he's not going to show up for half of those days anyway leading up to main it really or leading up to SummerSlam. It, it's just it's so bizarre and it again it's just so and they, they dropped the ball. They they completely dropped the ball and, and now it's just an utter mess, man. It really is. Yeah. I mean I, I I'll tell you this. I mean I'm I'm excited to see Brock going back yeah. as a heel. I think he's always been good as a heel. I think I was I was kind of getting a little sick and tired of him being a face. <laughs> I, didn't, his I didn't think it was. They had his I, moments. Brock is yeah, Brock. Like baby face yeah, Brock. Brock. Yeah. Brock, Brock is yeah. Brock. Yeah, Brock is Brock. So he's always going to draw regardless if he's a face or a heel. But I think he's more better off a heel because you get the more savagery. When he's doing this. And 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 just being a complete asshole like like that that to me I think that's the best part about it I, I think I think and again you saw how much he, he 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 he's more believable as a as a heel in my opinion he he pulls it off great he's always been a heel um, I think that's why even if you remember I mean I, I was a I was a youngin so I I really I this is based off me watching videos from it back then but in two thousand three if you remember. 2002, after Survivor Series in November, when Paul Heyman turns on him, he's a face. It, it's not until after he wins the title from Kurt Angle at yeah. WrestleMania 19, and then he kind of goes into that little feud with him, and then he turns back into a heel. Then from there, all the way to 2004, when he leaves the company, he was a heel. But that that's because they also noticed that he worked better as a heel than a, as a face his face really didn't draw as much mm -hmm. as it did when he was a heel so i think them going back to that i think it, it, it benefits not only lesnar but it benefits the company i think uh 
can him and Roman uh, can him and Cody put on a good feud? Absolutely. But again, it's not gonna draw as much if no, Cody was the champion. It doesn't make sense. Now mind you because like because here's the thing too, right? It's like, oh, it's like they're gonna tell this story, it's probably gonna involve Heyman in, in some sort of fashion, right? Talking about, oh, like maybe like they had an agreement of some sort. Why would Brock and, and Heyman be working together? This dude Heyman just stabbed this dude in the back not too long ago. Why would they just be why would they just be working together? So they're gonna come up with a bull crap freaking storyline that's gonna try to make sense. But again, all you just needed to do was just give Cody Rhodes the titles. You can have a great kick-ass match in Puerto Rico, get your ticket sales. Like here, Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes are two top stars in the company. You have Cody Rhodes make his first title defense. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's really, it's really yeah. not. Yeah, if yeah. You really yeah. think about it. Like if you just because here's the thing when it comes to me, um, you know, speaking for everyone who's watching right now. I'm not I'm not a dude that you need to move mountains in regards to booking to to get me entertained. If something it just makes sense and and if you want to push a certain superstar that I may not like, then fine. Again, it's not my company, right? Like I, I, at the end of the day, if you want to push somebody like that's Charlotte Flair, right? If you want to push her and you want to make her your top star, fine. Make me care. Make me a reason to get behind this girl. But all they do is just throw her in title match after title match after title match after title match. And there's no feel. There's no, and it's just shoved down your effing throat. So that, that's, that's the issue with this whole thing. No doubt this, this feud could be, can be entertaining. No, absolutely. But it just doesn't make sense because there's no title involved because there's no other reason why Brock Lesnar would go after Cody Rhodes in the first place. So again, like I mentioned earlier, it's just a mess, man. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, I know people people would rather see Brock Lesnar hold the title one more time than Roman keep the fucking title. But if you would have played it off like Cody beating him and then by any surprising chance you had Brock Lesnar take the title from him and make it more believable and shock everybody, that, mm -hmm. that would have been money too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it would have surprised a lot of people. But I think... You know, you're going to have your Roman. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a bloodline, bloodline fan. I think them changing. <laughs> exactly. I think them changing Roman ever since they put Roman as a heel, man. I, I, I bro, I thank the wrestling gods for that because of the fact that this guy would, yo, this guy was trash as if as a face was getting booed every night. Did nobody care to hear or see this guy at all? They were sick and tired of his bullshit. They were giving him the John Cena treatment. And and it, it, at some point, you sat there and you're like, yo, when is Vince going to get it? When is Vince going to change? I mean, him beating Triple H at WrestleMania 32 didn't help because fans were booing him. If you remember, if you remember the pay-per-view, nobody really gave him a good ovation. You go to WrestleMania 30, 33. Whatever decision they had of ending of of having Taker, it it made no sense because it was like he already lost the streak, so nobody's gonna care for the fucking that that match at all. Um, you go to thirty four, thirty four was like the one time that Roman was a, a face where we got something that involved him, and that was Brock Lesnar beating him. When we all came into that show thinking, oh, it, you know, we're here for the other matches, but we already know Roman's going to beat Lesnar because that's basically the buildup. So when they switched that, you know, it was like, yo, thank God. It was the same thing with 31. 31, Roman really wasn't getting his 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 
his respect. Like everybody, everybody didn't like Roman. That was when they started to not like Roman. I bet uh, the only reason people kind of tuned into that main event was to see Brock Lesnar whoop his ass. And he did. If you remember that match, yeah. he whooped the shit out of his ass. It wasn't until Seth Rollins, and thank God that they made Seth Rollins cash in because I think that was the best oh, fucking highlight of the night. Um, again, it, it, so many moments that nobody wanted him to succeed as, as, a, as a face. Now, I'll tell you this. If they would have learned their, their lesson when he first was getting his pop back in 2014, if you remember correctly, this is when Batista won the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And it was him him and yeah. Batista were the two finalists, and they did no. not want Batista to win. Although it would have been a confusing angle, if they would have yeah. had Roman win the Royal Rumble, and they probably would have had Roman. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It, it's, it's hard to tell because, mind you, that's Daniel Bryan's, you know, comeback story so it's like if you would have had roman if you would have had roman win the, the rumble is it it, it would, would have would it had still been the same for daniel bryan yeah you you get my Absolutely. point that's the only thing about that but again that was the only momentum in my opinion that he had that everybody was on his side as as a face once he got as a heel everybody was like yo bravo you guys are doing something right with the guy and he pulls it off to this day like, as a heel, you're supposed to be hated. Yeah. Everybody hates him, and he knows he's doing his job the right way. So I, I think with Roman, uh, the, the sad part about it is now we don't know what the fuck they're going to do with him. Cody, they could whatever they decide to do with him, they could have kept it, but have the title on him. We see the champion wrestling every night. We see the champion defending the title at every pay-per-view, and we don't have to deal with this part-time bullshit. That's that's my issue. I don't know how you feel, but I'm going to hand it back to you if you have an opinion on it. That's my issue with this whole situation, especially the momentum that mm -hmm. Cody has had. There's no other person, like I said before, yeah. in the company right now. No Seth Rollins. I don't care if it's Seth. No. I don't care if no. it's if, if it's Sammy. There's nobody yeah. right now in this company that has the momentum to beat Roman Reigns. I don't know. I don't no, know how you feel you're, about you're, no, what I just spot said. On. Like yeah. I said, I've, I've said it for months. <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, I, I said it for months, even before I had the platform that I have that, that Cody Rhodes was, was, was the guy. As soon as he stepped in, as soon as he had, he made that big return. And it's that whole match with Seth Rollins last year's WrestleMania. I knew right then and there, this is the dude right then and there. And I stuck by that. I stuck by that all the way till freaking mania which was this past Sunday. Um, in regards to Roman and his character change, yeah, there's no doubt, man. It was probably the best decision that they could have ever done in that, in that company. And you can thank Joe Anawai himself because, you know, there, and this is a true story. He legit walked up into Vince McMahon's office and said, and said, listen, you know, we, we got to change something. Like, I, I don't want to go through the same bull crap. You know, when Vince McMahon kept trying to push him to do the same thing, like, no, you're going to get a reaction. Like, I'll do the Vince McMahon approach. No, you're going you're gonna to get a reaction. It's going to be good shit, right? So, you know, that's, that's what, you know, but, but no, but Roman Reigns is like, I can get a better one. I can get actual heel heat. Like, let's, let's, if we're going to do this, like, let's do it right. And, you know, and Vince McMahon, like, it's on you. And so they, they pulled the trigger. Paul Heyman was in the, was in the room making these, these discussions. And Roman Reigns, he took it upon himself to, to say, like, you know what? Enough of this. I don't like the reaction that I'm getting. Let's make a change. Let's do something. So Roman Reigns props to him for making that change. And, you know, instead of just, you know, just going through the motions, you know, because who knows if he would have not had that courage to do that, we would probably be still getting the same Roman Reigns that we had six to seven, even eight years ago. Um, so more props to Joe Anawai from that matter. 
And then in regards to Cody Rhodes, right? Um, I, I just, this whole grudge, David, with this whole thing with Cody just makes, it makes no sense. And I don't understand what people are trying to defend. Um, I know there was a certain someone on our Twitter space when we were on it after, after WrestleMania went off the air talking about, first thing he says is like, Cody Rhodes is a horrible wrestler. And I'm thinking, what, where, are you, where in the hell are you getting that from? That, so, because he, he, he botched one little, little power slam move and all of a sudden he's just a, he's just a bad freaking wrestler when this dude's had great matches with LA Knight, with a Chad Gable. And the, list can go, the list goes on and on and on. Um, so I don't get that aspect at all. He's wrestled with a torn freaking peg. We talk about, oh, adversity, James. He has to come through adversity, and there's not enough struggle and a thousand days. They can take all of that, David, and shove it up where the sun don't shine, seriously, because it is the biggest load of crap that I've, I've heard in my entire life. I mean, when, when, in, when you need, when they need to understand is that you need to read the room. Listen to the freaking crowd. Look at the merchandise sales that he's pulling in. He was the guy right then and there. Like, what other struggle? Did, like, do you need him to get run over by a cement truck? Did, does he need to fall off the Empire State Building? Does he need to be struck by lightning? Like, what struggle? Like, I don't... Why is everything about a Daniel Bryan underdog story? It doesn't make any sense to me. This dude wrestled with a torn pack, for F's sake. He, he was freaking stardust. This dude was legit in jobber status. I don't understand. Like, how can you not? Because they just don't like him. You know, listen, if you don't like Cody Rhodes, and, and if he people left don't the like Cody Rhodes, that's fine. But you can't, you can't sit here. Yeah. People can't sit here and tell me, try to sell to me that Cody Rhodes is not the dude because of X, Y, and Z. It's a bunch of crap. It's a bunch yeah, of and, crap. And he left the company... And he and he left the company to continue doing what he was doing, and and became bigger than what he was in WWE. I mean, look when he was when he was dashing Cody Rhodes, and 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 he was holding the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. He changed the Intercontinental Championship to the Classic one. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he was over. But when they decided to to, to stop that and put him as as, as, as you know, Stardust, I thought that that was oh, freaking that, with, with, with Dusty yeah. was involved. You know, yeah, so, that was yeah, cool. So they're behind that, by, by the way, yeah. but they're not behind, you know, every time Cody Rhodes mentions Dusty and like, and they, and they freaking, they just blow a gasket because Dusty's name is mentioned when Dusty Rhodes name was also mentioned in that tag feud with the shield years ago. So again, people just bitch because they just want to freaking yeah. bitch. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, and, and like I said, it, it just, you you can't tell me for a guy and and I saw a tweet that that the only reason why I could see why people didn't want him winning is because I saw a tweet that said there's no way that WWE is gonna have a guy who came from AEW and, and that, started that good, company to, to win point. their major title. That, and no, it's the and that's the only reason. Because here's the thing: that's, if you guys that's the remember, only reason. this was a guy, right? And Cody Rhodes, when when the AEW first started, he took that big sledgehammer. And he slammed it onto that that Triple H replica throne. I mean, guys, do you really think Triple H forgot? Like seriously, like, and, and maybe I'm the fool, David. Maybe I'm the fool yeah, that yeah. actually thought that this same dude that that's going to come into this this same company, right? He leaves AEW. He was an EVP. He was one of the head creators of AEW. He comes over to WWE, and that same person that he slammed the throne on, and that same gimmick was going to push this dude to a to a WWE Universal 
uh, undisputed championship. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the schmuck for actually thinking that they were going to pull the trigger. That's that's the only reason why I I didn't why I said oh they're probably not going to give him the title is because of that. But at the same time, this is a guy that you guys said you know what no if if you could do something better outside of the company go ahead like we support you we're not we're not we we gave your dad a statue like we're 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 not gonna we're we're not ever trying to like be on bad terms with you and that's what he did he went to he went to 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 ROH he he did what he needed to do he went to to he won the NWA title in All In in Chicago and he he became the American Nightmare you know open got the got the uh how do you say it? uh started AEW with Chris Jericho and a lot of and, and Tony Bucks, Khan Omega. and 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 you know and the Young Bucks and and, and Omega and and really started something that yo it was refreshing at one point like we, we I sat there watching Double or Nothing their first I bought their pay-per-view their first pay-per-view their first very uh show in Double or Nothing in Vegas and it was a really good show everything that they had going but the one thing that happened that I said was they better not take the route that WCW did when WCW was first beating WB, they better not go that route because that is the route that every single wrestling promotion tends to go down on and they start to fail. Hence, TNA. TNA at one point in 2005, 2006, 2004, 2005, around, around that time when wrestlers were leaving WWE like a Kurt Angle, like a Christian, like a Tyson Tomko, guys, guys like that that were really leaving the company to go to an easier schedule company in, in Impact Wrestling because Impact Wrestling was only staying in Orlando and you didn't have to, you didn't have to wrestle every single day. So when they, fought, you know, they were getting paid more just to do that. When Impact started to do all that and started to really try to get former WWE wrestlers and try to beat them that way, they didn't learn their lesson with WCW. And that's why Impact is is not really the same as they once were because they try to do that same formula. Tony Khan didn't fucking do his didn't didn't do his homework, and this is why you see a lot of people digressing from AEW because of that same bullshit. These these comp, these promotions don't learn. Instead of you trying to get old WWE wrestlers from um from from their company that are not there anymore and try to beat them with that, how about you stick to one? How about you stick to one thing? They they were fine with not getting so they didn't have to pick up so many they didn't have to pick up a Daniel Bryan they didn't have to pick up a Adam Cole they didn't have to pick up an Aleister Black or a Rusev they didn't have to pick up those guys but you know but their their game plan was yeah let's pick up these guys because that's gonna give us a boost over WWE who has gone to battle with so many wrestling promotions and none of those promotions have ever had the chance have ever had the, the opportunity to beat WWE so you know for that. For him to 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 start that with with AEW, then to ultimately leave the company to come back home to where he first started, and for him to get the pop, everybody wanted the American Nightmare back. He's still getting the respect and the pop and all, all the love. It's like I understand that what he did when he did that in Double or Nothing with the sledgehammer to the chair and everything like that was disrespectful. But there's nobody right now at the very moment that can that is believable enough to take the title off of Roman. There's nobody right now. And it does not make sense for the company to have a guy like Roman Reigns part-time and you're barely going to see the guy. It doesn't. It really doesn't. That That's my point on why they should have had Cody win the title. Again, like I said, I'm, I'm going to pass it to you before we move on to the next uh, 
topic. I don't know how you feel about that, but again, that's that's why I say what I say when it comes to Cody and Roman. Yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned AEW. I mean, they are just flooded with just talent that they don't even know what to what what to do with. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I mean, bro, Keith Lee he wrestled on AEW Dark. That t- that just tells you everything you need to know about AEW and, and where they're at right now because they have all this talent. That's great. You can have Keith Lee. You can have Alice. You can have or Malachi Black now. I should say. You can have all this talent. You can have Miro. You can have Eddie Kingston. You can have all these people. But if you're so overflowed with talent, all they're going to do, and, and, and you notice that too in AEW because, you know, Tony Khan, he tries to do the best he can because he has so much freaking talent to get them on, on television. So you'll see once, once in a while, one person will be on television. The following week, they won't be. One person will be on television. You won't see them again for another two to three weeks. And it's just a, bun- it's, it's just a mess. Now, thankfully... As of the past two weeks or so, there's a little cool little little situation going on with Omega, Hangman, and Page, and who knows with, with tonight with AEW Dynamite tonight. Um, you know, maybe that continues that momentum there. You know, at least it's something. I said this also on the podcast. It's something like there's at least it's like teaching a toddler how to walk with Tony Khan and booking these shows. It's something. Um, but yeah, dude, it's yeah. It, it's a, yeah. it's a shame. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe if when Cody Rhodes left, I don't know if there he saw something coming that we we didn't see at the time and, and maybe that was the reason why he left he took also his beautiful wife brandy rose and over at wwe as well so yeah i mean just with AEW and it's you know it's 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 a shame of, of where because we thought at this point too well as well david that you know they're they're four years in now at, at least a good four years in it at this point we we think that they should be competing with with money night raw at this point, I mean, Monday Night Raw doesn't draw that much numbers. I mean, for the most part, they draw in not even maybe two million, maybe like one point five, one point six seven around that that range, right? You would think that AEW has passed that one million in, in television ratings by now, and they would be in that competition, but they're not. They're in the same boat that they were in when they first started, and that's and that's what's and that's what's frustrating too. But then there's this AEW niche audience. Same with 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 WWE niche audience that. No matter what Vince McMahon does, no matter what Triple H does, no matter what Tony Khan does, they're going to be right there kissing their ass. Now, everything is great. Everything is awesome. Don't need to change anything, right? And that's the problem with this community, with, with professional wrestling and fans. We got to be honest with ourselves and think, do we really think that this is the best that AEW and WWE has to offer? The answer is No. They could do way better because trust me, Dave, they could put on great shows, but they refuse to. The, this, this, the, the Raw After Mania was just a fuck you to us. Seriously. It was just a big old F you to, yeah, to yeah, us. Yeah. It's like cause they, they gave us that little yeah. – again, we were on cloud nine with WrestleMania night one. There was some red flags in night two, especially with that freaking ending with the main event. And now here you have Raw After Mania, and it was just a complete – it's like Brock Lesnar in a nutshell. That Like Brock Lesnar – in a nutshell, going off the air with a double bird, that is Vince McMahon and Triple H saying F you to all of us to going off the air. It's in a nutshell, right? Uh, and, and it's just, yeah. yeah. And again, it's just, you know, at times I just, I struggle to find the words because it is that baffling and it's just that mind boggling, but yeah. Yeah, if if my if my friends were if my friend was here, he'd probably be arguing with the both of us because he'd be like, "Did you just call Brandy Rhodes pretty?" Because <laughs> I always, I always tell him, I'm like, I'm like, yo, I, woman and man, he has an interesting taste in women. I, 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 I think, I, I think she, I think she's gorgeous. I mean, I think, I think Sasha, I think Sasha Banks is better, oh, is, 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 is better looking. I think I'm, I'm more, oh yeah, 
<laughs> I, I think I, I, she there, there, there's a there's a there's a lot of girls. Yeah, we we could talk about being uh uh. There's a lot we could go through the whole divas, right. uh, the women's division, and we could go up our list. But I think uh, Brandy Brandy gets a <laughs> she she gets a pass. <laughs> but um, I I wanted to I wanted to uh ask you another question uh, or want to know your opinion on Austin Theory's run because. I feel like again I gave my opinion to you on on when I was on your show uh a, a couple weeks ago and I basically told you my opinion on why I didn't think Austin Theory versus John Cena made any sense whatsoever. I know a lot of people who told me that the reason that they're doing it is because they need a big time legend in the game to kind of give them the boost as far as him and and his character. I get it, but at the same time it's like you can you put them in a more realistic setting in yeah. a more realistic feud to where it doesn't have where we don't have to automatically know that he's gonna fucking win like having John Cena come back just so so Austin Theory um so he could put Austin Theory over was just an obvious fucking decision I didn't even have to watch the match to know mm-hmm. that fucking Austin Theory was gonna win like even though I did because I'm I'm a Cena fan but I didn't have to go and watch the match to know the outcome of that match so. What is your theory on, on or your opinion? Theory I should on say theory. on on <laughs> his run. <laughs> your your opinion on on his run and what they're gonna do based on uh based on after you know him beating Cena and who do you think is gonna be next for him as far as a feud? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'll say this right. I I actually like I always say this about a lot of wrestlers and this includes Austin Theory. I, I truly believe all, there is a lot of good potential in Austin Theory. I really do. Um, you know, it's and, I, and if I go back to WrestleMania or the Raw after Mania this past Monday, it's a real shame because this dude is trying his hardest to attract some hill heat. He did it at WrestleMania night one with that match, and I thought that was one of Austin Theory's best performances I've seen. And here's the thing, too, about wrestling as well. I don't mind, David, if I see the result coming, right? It's like, it's, it's like a movie. Right. Even though you may know what the result is going to be or a TV show, if it's done well and you're intrigued and you're out of your seat, that's all I care about, to be honest with you. Right. I mean, we're grown. We're we're, we're, we're at the point where we're grown ass adults. Right. We know that this stuff is predetermined. You know, listen, I'll pull the curtain back just very slightly. Right. It's predetermined. I acknowledge that. Right. So at this point, it's just like, okay, listen, even though I may know the result of something, just make it entertaining. Make me get invested. And, And they did that with that. Uh, Austin Theory Cena match was the build and, and 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 the reason of making the match was weird, sure. Um, but again, just the match itself, I thought the way that they did it was fine. In regards to Austin Theory, in a nutshell, it, it's just a shame because it's funny too, right? You know, fans were like, "Oh, this dude needs a reboot, right? <laughs> this dude needs a reboot." He was taking selfies, this and that. They do this, so they have him cash in. So in order to do a reboot. They had them. They had him cash in his money in the bank contract on a mid card title, and he loses the shit. And then right away he gets like this, pretty much the same freaking character. It's the same theory. He just puts his cell phone in the back in, in the locker room. That that's the Austin theory that you're getting. And he's where he's got more of a beard. He's more a little bit more meaner, mean streak. Like we we see a lot of those characters time and time again. It's nothing new, but but that's your reboot. Like that, like that—that's your reboot. That and then fans are were, were behind it, 
And now here we are, and we're and those same fans are still trashing Austin Theory. When I've said it from day one, it's the same character. But it's not a reboot, you know. So that was just weird to me. I don't know why we needed to almost bury this dude just to get him a, a reboot. Uh, I was just very weird to me. But and yeah, and it's a shame too because there's really not a there's not a strong connection with with the crowd uh, with Austin Theory. There really isn't. I mean, like I said, the Raw after Mania was was a prime example of that. Um, and again, like I said, even though I like Boston theory, I think there's potential, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat to say that there's no connection. And right now, Austin theory, that something needs to be done with him because I can honestly see, uh, moving forward, uh, David, that, you know, give it a couple months, maybe in a year, this dude is going to be in the same character and the same, the same bull crap, even what they're doing with Charlotte flair. And they're going to hoist this dude in the world title picture. You may see this dude win a world championship Sunday and fans are going to complain. He might get started shoved down our throats because there's no connection. And, 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 but, and that's what I'm afraid of uh, because I do think that there's, there's potential in theory that needs to be worked on that needs to be shown, right. Needs to blossom into, into a legit star, right? Um, and the matches that he had with Cena was a prime example of that, that this dude can be a star in this company, but you got to make people care. You can't just throw this dude on your television screen, put a title on him, and, and do all this crap and expect for us to care, you know? Um, but yeah, so in regards to what goes from here, I don't even know, man, because this mid-card division is so irrelevant um i mean i mean you see it all the time too with with mid-card titles being defended on monday night raw or a smackdown because instead of building up that motherfucker you just put have the match in the middle of a raw or smackdown it's just like okay it's just like and then we have the match and then it's just rinse and repeat for the next for the next competitor right so i don't know you know i've spoken to me and brian have also agreed about this as well that maybe a pen with the street profits and montez ford eventually dude at, at some point because as much as and i listen i like the street profits but dude montez ford it doesn't take a rocket scientist to show that montez ford is levels above angelo dawkins right and and it's and montez ford is a star that's just waiting to be showcased right and and maybe you know and and, uh, and there could be an argument to say that maybe you could have done something with with montez ford however i, I would have maybe and that's probably and that's near the future i wouldn't do it right now Make the turn because, again, the Street Profits have hit their ceiling. There's nothing more you can do with the Street Profits at this point. As much as we like the t- some people may like the team, that they, we like Angelo Dawkins, all that stuff, right? But Montez Ford is ready. This dude is ready. You know, you got to pull the trigger. You, you got to get make this dude get a singles push. And what I mean by singles push is that put him in a feud, whether it's with Dawkins or somebody else, and then moving moving forward, that leads, you know, people are getting more and more intrigued. And when the right and when the timing is right, now we start talking titles. Right now we start talking US title, world, whatever it is. So maybe Montez Ford is in the in the future is is someone to to maybe think about. Um, you know, other maybe other um people that I'm thinking about too. I mean, you know, Johnny Gargano, but you already had the match there. So it's just it'll just be another rematch. And that's what I mean about this mid-card division. It's just it's just irrelevant because every match you just see on a Monday night raw with no care and no builds. So, but yeah, but to kind of wrap this all up in a bow and send this back to you, um, I like theory. I think that there's potential. Um, but the problem is though, David, I don't trust this company at all. 
especially that yeah, I just I don't I don't trust it at all. I don't trust that they're going to book it properly. I don't think they're going to make us care about Austin Theory. I think they're just going to throw him into the world title picture at some point down the road, and and it's just going to be shoved down our throats. That's my fear of this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, it, it it goes back to it goes back to the way they booked them before the elimination chamber. They were like, why are they why are they booking him in an elimination chamber match for the U.S. title? Like, makes no sense. Um, and I think they're just disrespecting the guy. I mean, the fans don't even they don't even care for the guy. Uh, you, I think you brought it up. You brought it up on on the Raw after Mania. He came out and dude, it was nobody just like, cared. Was just like, dude, nobody gave us. Okay, bro, they legit just <laughs> did not give a single shit. I mean, they sat in their crowds and they sat they, in their seats. They didn't and care. Stood there. He's like, he's like the Austin Theory. He's begging for some heel heat. Yeah. He's like, Cena said you guys were going to tear me apart. Where is it at? Yeah. Silence. Dead silence. Yeah. Silence. Exactly. Nothing, it's like yeah. you hear a pin drop. It was really bad. But you brought up the, I, I like you brought up the uh, Street Profits and Montez Ford because I really do think that if they, I really do think that if they, if they d- detach, uh, uh, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Fords, and they keep Montez as a single competitor. That him and Austin Theory could have a, a really good feud, in my opinion. I think Montez Ford has earned the opportunity and the respect of the crowd as far as him being a possible singles competitor. The thing with uh, the Street Profits that I wanted to ask you because I know the segment that they went into with uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, do you think that there's if if they don't branch off uh, the Street Profits early, do you think that there is a possible feud with those two, considering the fact? that it was a pretty good promo I mean, they, and, they and they already had, a had the good match matchup. so what's the point of the feud <laughs> they just had the ma- bro they went yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this past monday why bother a feud bro this is the problem with wrestling it's like oh yeah, they yeah, have a non-title yeah, match yeah. and now oh now you're gonna now the street profits are what they're gonna turn heel or, or whatever or, or maybe they just put two baby faces the typical wwe in professional wrestling today that just throw two baby face teams in a match for a title and just expect us to give a crap. Right. But they'll do that or they'll turn them heel and they'll have the rematch. So if you were going to have the rematch for the titles, why have the match? Why have the match on Smith? Bro. I, I sat yeah. there for the first time, David, in a while I sat in a, in a match that had that involved Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and through halfway through the match, I didn't care. It's it's sad. I bro, I, I legit, I did not care <laughs> yeah. because like because I know what it's going to lead to next yeah, week. Yeah. You're going to probably see what you're going to see. Sami Zayn most likely against Montez Ford in singles competition. Then you're going to see Kevin Owens versus Angelo Dawkins in, in singles competition. That's how this company b- builds tag uh, tag championship matches in a nutshell. Just put everybody in freaking singles competition. That it's the most lazy, just redundant bullcrap I've seen in, in like forever that they've been doing it right the way that they book the title the title picture and the division in general um so yeah it just I, I don't under it just makes no sense to me dude I, I listen again if you want to put the street profits with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens again David fine it's not my company right I'll, I'll just make me give a shit but but it's really hard that you already not even yeah, they didn't yeah. waste any time. They come out, they they won the showcase match, right? Okay, that's fine. They're like, okay, maybe that results them into getting a future title opportunity. Okay, fine. The very next night, they're already facing the champions. I'm like, so nobody can lose. So that's the champs already won. So what was the point of the showcase? 
I, I don't understand. It's it's mm-hmm, the most mm-hmm. it, again, guys. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. take a rocket scientist to figure this shit out. It, it, and it's just so it's just so weird. Yeah, uh, it, and, but uh-huh. it, it's WWE booking, David, in a nutshell. Yeah, it, it's it, it, a lot. They've they've been like that for years. Yeah, they've been like that for years. It it, it doesn't stop. It does not stop. I, I think. If you're gonna like, I, I think there's no way. Other, there's no other way that I could put it. Uh, you know, the only way I could put it is the way you did. I think the only way you continue this is if you have people believe and make people care about this feud. If you're gonna have it, because for some reason after that matchup, I have a great feeling that they're gonna have those two go at it for a while. So we'll see. Because I think it'll be a slap in the face to, to Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn, who who went from here. <laughs> Who went from literally here when it's main event status to all of a sudden now you're like mid card with street profits? It may it, it makes no sense to me, but I, I I can see it. I can definitely see it. Um, there's the last thing that I wanted to get to before we get to one other thing, and then I wrap it up here. I wanted to ask you because uh, I know a lot of people were kind of like putting two and two together when uh, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley had uh that promo do you see them do i think you know where i'm going with this do you think that they're that they're in contention of having those two face off right away and possibly unifying the women's chain uh, women's both do, women at all um it really would not it's just like <laughs> it's, bro, the exchange was so awkward and it was so weird legit Rhea, so bianca first off she goes out there Right. And she she's praising Asuka like she's her best buddy now when two weeks ago they were in a tag match and she beat this woman to a pulp because she you know she's playing the heel. She's I'm not I'm not playing this coexist game with you. I'm beating you and I'm taking that freaking title. And then legit 24 hours later, Bianca's like praising her like they're, they're just best friends now. So that right there was just weird. I'm like, Bianca, I love you. But I, I lo- you're awesome. But like, what, 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 what are you saying? Like, uh, <laughs> honest to God. Um, and then Rhea Ripley comes down, and all she says was, "Oh, one day we're 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 gonna fight again." And he's like, "Oh," and then Bianca's like, "Oh, I guess we will." Rhea's like, "Yeah, yeah, we will." Yeah, he's like, "I'm the EST," and like, I'm like, "What are we saying?" Like, and then, and then Rhea just walks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is writing? Like, like who is writing yeah. this crap? <laughs> Vince McMahon, yeah. I mean, why do I? Vince, Vince Russo is still back there. Vince and, and yeah, Triple H yeah. is there. Just Vince Russo, Vince still back there. Just kissing the ass of Vince McMahon. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, while mm-hmm. he's rip, Vince is ripping up scripts yeah. like he's always done, probably in the past, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yeah. It's just it wouldn't shock yeah. me, David. It really yeah, yeah. wouldn't. I mean, I'll keep this short and sweet because honestly, it, it's just a load of crap at the end of the day. Honestly, and I love, I really like Bianca. I really, really do. Holding on to the fact that she's still champion makes no freaking sense. Um, I love that her title reign was a year. I-, I love it. I love the title reign. I love Bianca as a performer. I love the match that she had. It wasn't as be- it wasn't as best as or wasn't better than the match with Rhea and Charlotte. Um, that that match honestly was. And again, I- I'm not the biggest Charlotte Flair, but I'm not uh, the Charlotte Flair fan. But I'm not going to deny that that match was 10 times better than Bianca and Asuka. But still, overall, the match was solid. She showcased her power and her yeah. strength. I love the, those types of matches with Bianca. And then you have Rhea Ripley, who the Judgment Day as a whole has just been doing 
has brought the best out of everybody. I mean, Rhea Ripley now? I mean, I mean, did we care about Rhea Ripley before the Judgment Day? The answer's no. Did we care about uh, Damian Priest before the Judgment Day? Answer's no. Did we care about even Finn Balor, as crazy as that sounds, before the Judgment Day? The answer's no. And then and even Dominic. Dominic, guys. I, Dominic has been the, the, the highlight and, and the top-tier uh, thing going on in, in the company. Dominic Mysterio, guys. It's it's great and it's because literally, of the judgment literally. day. So literally. I love that aspect of the judgment day as a whole. Yeah. And you have Rhea Ripley, she should have won that title, of course. And, and now you're throwing so now you're <laughs> so here's the thing. We should have gotten that match between Rhea and Bianca in the first place, right? Because the build and everything, the story made sense, right? But and but now after Mania, now they're like, okay, now we're just gonna have the match again and unify the titles. Yeah, that that's 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 great. That's just great business because you know, and you're gonna waste that what at a freaking in, in, in a Puerto Rico show, you know, just for like what, like bro, save that if you're gonna do Rhea and Bianca, bro, dude, save that for SummerSlam. Save that for another bro. Don't waste SummerSlam. it. For, if you want to do Brock and Cody, that's fine because again, Brock is a part timer. Everybody knows Brock. He's not going to win those titles anyway. It's, it would be Cody's first defense. That would make sense. But to, to what to unify these titles? I, I, uh, oh my God! I, I I don't even want to go there to be honest with you. Because just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating. That's why I wanted to ask that you because is... I was like, I I didn't like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I think two beautiful women uh, at the top of their game. Uh, one one actually. Uh, uh, we got what we wanted with one, as far as Rhea Ripley winning the titles, winning, winning, winning her title from Charlotte, and then we got uh Bianca, who again, I honestly, I know you have your opinion on it, and Oscar, you know, you wanting Oscar to take the title from her, but I personally like she's one of those characters. Again, she has like a John Cena type of of feel to it, mm. but the fans love it. You know, like you, you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like she has a a PG side to her but the fans love it it's not like where cena where he turned pg and then everybody hated it because they kept pushing like i think as long as they push if they push uh uh bianca the fans are going to be fine with that i just think when it comes to oscar's perspective the what she's been going through with the company i think i think it would have made sense for her to 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 be bianca um i just don't understand so yeah i'm sorry to cut you off it just it frustrates me with oscar because again no no you can do this is a character like, yeah. you know, and, and, and even on Twitter, she's expressed how much she loves having this new character back for eight freaking years. David, she has been booked like complete garbage, you know, and for listen, the NXT run was cute. It was a nice little cute little run, whatever. Right. She gets to the main roster and Vince just just completely books her like crap, putting in and listen. He's like, oh, but James, she hold she held titles and she went, bro, those were the most irrelevant title reigns that I could. I could even freaking remember that, that bro. Like they throw titles on people every now just to put a title on them. They they threw the title on Oscar just to shut us all up. They did not care about the build. They did not care about her reign. Yeah. It, it was forgotten about. It's like we don't even freaking remember that title reign. But now she comes back in this kind of character. She gets one of the biggest pops from from the Royal Rumble. She's returned. Uh, you know, of course, the build with with Bianca is, of course, is a different story, right? But just her development as her character, the build, she's winning matches, she's feeling badass. Everything that they did was spotless. And then you get to the match, and she loses. Why? Uh, what is the grudge? 
with Asuka. Yeah. Why, why won't they put the rocket to her back? Yeah. Because she checks off every single box. What do people want to give me? Because she doesn't speak English that well? Okay, fine. Give her a mouthpiece or something. She already checks off every other box. Give her a mouthpiece. You know, she already has every other, like, she already has the look. She already has the, she already, she gets the, she already's got the attraction from the crowd. She she has the charisma and everything. She's great in the ring. She's put on tremendous map. Everything that Asuka does is spotless, but yet Vince McMahon and his, and, and, and just does not want to see it, or he just doesn't want to be bothered to see it. And it pisses me off because I feel for Asuka and I feel for all of these wrestlers. And that's why, again, guys, I have this platform th- that I do on Spotify Ruthless Talk that I have is because I, 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 will, I will back up these wrestlers because they, they deserve it because they bust their ass. They're away from their families. In, in regards to Asuka, she, she travels to, to the States, right, to be a part of this company. And, and she is just booked like just another Joe Schmo. And it pisses me off because she is taking, she's spending her hard time on the road 24 seven. Right. And, and she's, and she's being booked like a piece of garbage. And that's what pisses me off. And I will go to bat with, with these wrestlers, people like Asuka, people like Sasha Banks, like Naomi and, and many others and uh, Cody Rhodes, even and, and Bailey, you know, Bailey has, has expressed her frustrations on Twitter as well. So that, that that's the whole thing in a nutshell. In regards to Asuka, I don't know what the grudge is. I don't know what I don't know if if, if it's just something to do with Vince. I I, I really don't know, I, and I'm so baffled by it, and it just frustrates the crap out of me, man. Yeah, yeah, and listen, I, I like I said, I, I have my mixed emotions on it, um, but but I, I do I do agree. I absolutely do agree. I think they need to start showing her some respect, especially after what she's done before coming to the company. Um, I think they're disrespecting her, so I mm. I think they they need to do something with her, because I wouldn't be shocked if she leaves and never comes back. Because this girl, yeah, she doesn't speak good English, but she's smart enough to understand mm. uh, that she's being done dirty. Um, and I think I think any any fan. Uh, that watches the project mm-hmm. like us uh, can understand it. Um, uh, the last two questions before I end it off. Uh, the first one would be, where do you see things going now with everything that we saw on Raw? And where do you what do you think is going to happen, you know, with the next couple upcoming pay-per-views? I and where do you, where do you see their game plan loose, going? David, that, um, that's exactly what I expect, honestly, okay. because... Because, you know, I mean, and again, last night or month, this past Monday, I should say, is a prime example of what's to come. Vince McMahon is pretty much officially back in business. I understand he doesn't have majority of power, but, you know, you know that he's going to, you know, there's already talks, you know, that I've that I've heard from people um, from reputable sources saying that he's already ripping up, you know, he's already got, he already has pretty much the final say. And it, do, it doesn't shock me because, again, I go back to Triple H because Triple H does not have the balls to step up to this dude, nor does anybody else. And that's just my concern because, you know, and, and again, I don't know. Will you see some sprinkles of good? Maybe, you know, maybe the Roman Roman and the Usos, maybe that has something. I know Rey Mysterio, Bad Bunny. By the way, props to Bad Bunny, by the way. He took that freaking announce table spot like a freaking champion. I have a lot of respect for Bad Bunny. That dude has come into this business and he has just done wonders. Um, even like people like Logan Paul and even Pat McAfee, they're doing even more than people on the freaking active roster, you know? Um, it's, you know, it's just, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, man. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, dude. I, I really am. Um, again, I'm going to hold out, 
holding out hope is honestly the it's just habit and hope. You know, we, we, we do this because we hope we do it's it's out of habit and hope. Um is, is is why we is why we do this, is why we cover this stuff. But um in, in regards to maybe AEW, if if I would shift my focus over there, I don't know. Um because you know, they do have again, I mentioned earlier about they have something going on with, with Omega and hangman, but that's really it. And maybe MJF, whatever MJF is, they have the four pillars thing that they're doing. I, I'm not a big fan of just fatal four-way matches, especially involving your world title. I think it's just a mess. Uh, but maybe who knows? Maybe they do it in a certain way that I can get behind. Who knows? I have to continue to to, to watch and, and 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 see for myself. But uh, but yeah, going back over to WWE. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't know, man. Especially with this new. This new endorse, this new deal with 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 in, with uh, Endeavor and UFC. I mean, all the the cinnamon toast crunch freaking uh, match with Dominic. You're, you're expect more of that, guys. You're going to see more sponsorship type of matches. You're going to see a lot more of that. Um, the whole deal with Peacock, I, I, I don't know because I know, know pay per view buys are also probably going to go up for what I'm hearing as well. So who knows what that Peacock deal is going to is going to go down as well. Um, that's that was the first thought that came to mind when I first heard about the news. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just, <laughs> again, I hate to be a Debbie Downer because I, I, and listen, I will love professional wrestling no matter what. I, I've been watching this since the dawn of time, since I was pretty much uh, around what, six to seven years old, around 2000, um, started around my first, the first wrestler I ever came across of was The Undertaker, Undertaker and Batista, um, John Cena and Edge. Those were my, one of my few, Randy Orton and Undertaker. Those were the feuds that I started getting up watching wrestling. And right from the jump, there was there was reason to care. There was reason to be invested. I mean, it's Orton and freaking Undertaker. I mean, come on, guys. Like that's that's everything you need. That everything you need to know, right? But yeah, in regards to the future of this company, especially with Vince McMahon now having officially, even though to me he's never freaking left the company, he's always had he's always been in ears of people like Triple H and others. But now that he's legit officially back in in, in the crosshairs now, I mean, there's no reason why you you shouldn't be concerned. Um, so. Who knows, man? It, it, to me, at this point, it's just mm -hmm. a week-by-week -week thing. And at this point, I think we could just hope for the best and just see what happens, you know? Yeah, it, it should be a, a, a dope couple months, to, at, at least. Uh, and, I, and I say dope uh, loosely. Uh, <laughs> uh, it should be interesting to see what they do, considering... Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I said, I know a lot of people are wondering how this Brock and Cody thing is... is it's, it's going to turn out. I'm invested just to mm -hmm. see how it's going to turn out, just to see the, the promos and what they do with Brock and what ma and how the match goes. So I'm invested as far as that. I can't say nothing about AEW because I don't watch it. Um, they've completely lost my interest uh, ever since they start. You know, they, they, really again, they're, they're just they're, <laughs> it, it, it's bad. It's bad. And then and then the cherry on top was was. Uh, was um was Cody leaving? Once I knew that Cody was leaving, I was like, "Oh yeah, you must have gone somewhere, not in a good direction for for the one guy to that really yeah. boosted up your company in the beginning to leave." Uh, Jericho doesn't have the same flair no more. CM Punk, then nobody really cares about Punk no more as when they first did when he returned when he came back. Um, just a lot. There's nothing. There's nothing intriguing. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it's gonna be a while for me to even look that direction uh so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they do now that there's so many opinions out there and so many moves that they've made as far as WWE is concerned um my last question to you is not wrestling based um it's the knicks 
So if everybody doesn't know, Orange the Knicks, guys, uh, they clinched the fifth seed. Now. They are in the playoffs this year. Yes, yes. Let's go. I cannot wait. Uh, they play tonight against the Pacers in Indiana. They got three more uh, three more games left and then on, a whole week off uh, before they play on the 15th on a Saturday. They play Cleveland, uh, two in Cleveland and then two in New York. I can't wait for that New York energy, the MSG energy. Hopefully I I, I get some tickets to go because nice. I'm definitely looking into going. Um, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be fucking inch, it's going to be. A great vibe, uh, mind you. If you remember the last time mm-hmm. we went to the playoffs, the vibe were crazy. So I can't wait for that. Yeah. Hopefully, Julius Randle comes back. My the question that I wanted to ask you about it is: What is your prediction as far as this this series with the Cavs? How That's do you see it? Very good question, man. Um, I think it really depends on the health of Julius Randle. I really do. Um, there's no. Can they win this series? No doubt. Um. And, and of course, to me, like, and of course, like, it also depends on the performance of also Donovan Mitchell because I mean, we both know that th- this dude, Donovan Mitchell, and, and I'm, I still can't get over the fact that we could have gotten this freaking dude. And it's going to bug me if this same dude on the same team beats us and knocks us out of the first round of the playoffs. That that's just going to be this entire year in a nutshell, right? Um, and that's honestly the most thing that I am concerned about, especially being a diehard Knicks fan that I am. Um, especially with my schedule too, it's it's always hard to watch every single game. But I'll, I always try to keep up with everything and what else is going on. I'll watch at least every other game, um, at least throughout the calendar year. But in regards to this series, man, I mean, you would think that they can win this series. And again, I think it I think it definitely comes down to Julius Randle's health. Uh, I do think this team, when they play, everybody does their job. Everybody plays all around team basketball. Um, this, this team is special. Um, we, we've seen this all year with deficits that they came back. You know, um, I know a few weeks ago, I believe they played, um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, David, I believe it was, um, ah, it's ruining my head. It's, uh, uh who was it? So, so it was a few weeks ago. I think it was, um, was it the, uh, not the Pelicans? No, some, some other team. It was a couple weeks ago. Um, and they, again, but, but it's, but it's the entire season. I mean, you've seen first halves, they got, they, they go into this deficit in the second half of the game. They 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 come back and there's a spark. Josh Hart is a huge freaking uh, a huge freaking spark in that. I mean, I think he, it's crazy. Like I was I was skeptical about that whole trade because I don't know why we needed to trade a first round pick for him. But still, I mean, ever since he's been on this team, he's been extreme. He's brought a different energy and vibe to the team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and yeah, it's just I. Uh, yeah, I just I think if this this team can just continue to do can play all around good team basketball because you know that's when you know because they're not going to win the game if freaking if Julius Randle and 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 Jalen Brunson for that matter is just carrying the load right that that's not that because they're again they're not at the end of the day too we I think we know this as well and I think the Nick, a lot of Knicks fans can understand like this is this is not there's no really superstar driven players on this team there just isn't you know as much as we love Julius we love Jalen Brunson and even RJ Barrett right there's not a guy like a Kevin Durant a, a Giannis a Dek Dekumbo, right you know and all these other guys like a LeBron James and, and and everyone else you know a Devin Booker and so on and so on um but I do think you know at the end of the day this team can de- if they're gonna win this series it's gonna definitely no doubt go to six or seven games um I think it's gonna be a grind um, you know, because again, the Knicks never really make anything easy anyway. 
Um, but I think, it, but at the end of the day, whether they win or win or lose this series, I think it definitely comes down to Julius Randle's health because they they're going to need him. Um, you know, and of course, you know, and I like Tom, and I know a lot of people don't like Tom Thibodeau. I actually am a big Tom Thibodeau fan. I, I do question his minutes that he does give to people like Randall and Jalen Brunson. Like, like they're up by like 20 some odd points and, and they're still in the game with less than two minutes to go. I'm like, Tom, like, can you get these freaking dudes out the game? Like they have no business being in the game, bro. Um, it's just so weird. Like when it should be just, just put in your bench to put in some garbage time or whatever, but you know, but yeah, it, it definitely, it's definitely going to come down to Julius Randall's health. Um, and I think if they're going to win this series, it's going to be six or seven games for sure. So, but, but here's, and here's the thing too, if they don't win, cause, cause here's the thing about this season, right? I, I think at this point, I think we can all agree that expectations have, have changed. Right. And, and I think at this point now, this team is at least talented enough to just get by one, one round. Right. And if they don't do that, then man, there, there's going to be a lot of, cause then they're in the same boat than they, cause they're no better than the team that they that they were in a few years ago when they lost to the Hawks in the first round of the playoffs. And I was there in the building game four. Um, and that was a freaking travesty of, of it, of itself. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely no doubt going to come down to Julius Randall and his health. Um, and of course the performance of Donovan Mitchell, if they can kind of slow, slow him down at times, but it should be a great series. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, but yeah, man, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I think, you know, it, this, this is a must-win series for, six for the, the Knicks year, the simply way. because of all this. IQ. That dude has been a freaking gem. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. IQ, yes. Six please, man please year, give my man IQ. Uh, Emmanuel quickly has been wronged for two years. Uh, he could have been developed even more better if Tom Thibodeau didn't put mm-hmm. Alec Burks as a starting point guard. Uh, instead of Emmanuel Quickly, now you're kind of seeing what Emmanuel Quickly could do. I think he is a well-deserved uh, Sixth Man of the Year. I want him to win the Sixth Man of the Year. Um, I think the Knicks, as far as the Cavs, they need to basically uh, beat the Cavs. In our opinion, basic, uh, simply because of the whole trade scenario with Donovan Mitchell and 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 everything he was saying about how he thought he was coming here, and and you know he is from New York. He's a Met fan himself. Um, so there's so much, so much opportunity that we could have got them, but at the same time, it, it, it there's also a win for the Knicks as far as them not getting him because we would have not had mm-hmm. the kids that yeah. we have now if we didn't get them. Um, and the kids are obviously working out for us uh, in, in in to some extent. Um, and we possibly maybe would have not had uh, Jalen Brunson uh, if it wasn't for Donovan Mitchell. Was another, that, that dude is another worth thing. every freaking yeah. penny, bro. That seriously. Honestly, man, it's and that's and that's every been awesome that, that this entire season. Like, I mean, and, I mean, you know this as well as I do, man. Like, they've been we have been starving for a point guard for so freaking long. I mean, the last legit point guard or competent point guard that I remember having was was Raymond Felton, bro. That whole uh, 2013 season, the last yeah. time even before yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole pandemic era uh, when they last time they made the playoffs was the last time they they even got past the freaking first round. So that whole freaking that team was freaking man. It sucks that that team yeah. didn't go as far as they should have. But yeah, I mean, it's but Jalen Brunson, dude, like it's insane how um, just I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that you know he it's just you know, that switch from Dallas to New York. I don't know if that was something that he needed because man, dude, this dude has all season long has been freaking awesome. 
Um, but yeah, just it's uh, that dude has been worth every penny, bro, for sure. Yeah, he's he's bought out, and he's and I, and I love the guy. I have his jersey, um, and he he he's been he's been fucking awesome. Um, and I think I think you know this this week off after uh, after the season is done, I think it's worth. I think it, it'll help us. I think Julius Randle, if if he is good, I, I think he'll definitely he's a key guy that we need. I know a lot of Knicks fans are like, well, we've been playing good without him. And Julius mm-hmm. Randle is is a key guy regardless. It doesn't matter how they, you feel about gonna him. him man. They're uh, going to need him, and I understand. Listen, you know, I, it, listen, I like Julius Randle. Yeah. I understand that there's there's a lot of a lot of skept, skeptical stuff about him, especially that whole game against the Orlando Magic, where you know he was going after you know, teammates like Emmanuel quickly. And trust me, like that's like, and I understand with the whole. You know, sometimes officials are, are horrible. I, I get it. Like I've been there as a as a as a baseball player. You know, playing playing at a collegiate level and also playing independent ball a couple of years ago. Trust me, I get it. Um, but when you go to the level of like you know screaming at your own and and, he's, and it's it's not it's not shocking because we know that this dude has a temper. Um, but at the end of the day, though regardless of all of that, they need him on the floor. They just need to. I don't care if they're playing well with him right now. All of that can change within a week. You know, that's just sports. That's why we freaking love it, right? Um, but, yeah, so – but, yeah, I mean, if, if they if they don't win this series, man, I mean, they got to at least – they got to at least make it a grind. You know, and if they're going to win this, it's going to be a freaking grind. Um, but I think if everybody does – you know, they do their job – both offense and defensive side of the ball, because when everybody is collectively doing their job, they are a very, very good team. Because like I mentioned, there's just not that guy that can just carry this team to the promised land. And that's where I, and I like where they're at right now, because we know at the end of the day, probably are, is this team going to win a championship this year? Probably not. Um, but it's a stepping stone because I also remember too, in a Twitter space as well, this involved a Knicks Twitter space, how I, I can go back David, to all the way to freaking November and December, and I think the Knicks were on some some sort of a losing streak, and everyone was like, let's get ready for the draft, blow it up, like freaking tank. And I'm like, bro, it's the month of December. Like, what are we saying? It's just like, dude, fans, and listen, I I love Knicks fans. I think Knicks fans are one of the best sports fans in in the entire world, especially in in New York. I think there's no, no other like, you know, place like New York, especially when it comes to sports, but Knicks fans are just, not, not all of them, just some of them are just the things that they say is just so odd. Um, but yeah, but now here we are, right? And I was one of the first few people to say, just let's see where they go from here. Let me see where they're at in, in February. Let me see where they're at in, in March. And then we could talk about tanking and all that bullshit. And now here we are. And they're the fifth seed in the freaking Eastern conference and, and going back to the playoffs. So, you know, it's just, it's just, yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, I, you know, I know it. And, and with the Mets as well, I know the Mets started their season as well. Right now I'm at this point, at least right now I'm, I'm full, you know, orange and blue skies as, as, as Spike Lee would say it. I got the shirt and everything too. Um, it's somewhere, it's, it's somewhere in, uh, in, in my crib right now, but, uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited. I can't wait, you know, freaking when the Knicks are good is that's when the NBA is at its best. And, and honestly, um, you know, I know I might be saying yeah. that and biased as a fan, but when the, when the Knicks are good, then the NBA, that's, that's the best, it's best for the NBA business-wise, seriously. Yeah, 
Yeah, you you see it right now. You see it right now. A, a lot of good NBA action in it. The Knicks, the Knicks are good, man, this year, man. I can't wait. I'm going to be yelling my ass off, losing my voice. I'm going to be going crazy. So I, I can't I can't wait. Um, you know, there's, we'll, we'll just see. It's going to be an interesting, interesting, interesting month of playoffs. And, and I'm just happy that we're in it and we get to see our team ball out. But um, with that being said, man, I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. There's a lot of good conversation that we had, a lot of good opinions, a lot of good thoughts, man. Um, if you guys don't know who he is, his name is James. Like I said before, he does Ruthless Talk on Spotify with this guy, Brian. I will be on again for my second time. It's going to be fun. Please show him support. Please listen to his stuff. Please retweet it. Post it on Instagram. Do whatever you got to do to show him support. Um, yeah, man, like I said, I, I appreciate you having me on, man. Like I said, uh, it's 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 going to be fun having you back on our show on Saturday. Um, it's like I said, this was fun. I love doing this. I hope I get to and I'll be on your platform once again, you know, if you're welcome to have me again, uh, this has been awesome for the last few, the last few episodes that we've Anytime. done, you know, on my platform and now on yours. Um, but yeah, man, this, uh, this was fun. I, 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 again, I appreciate you having me and can't wait to have you on on Saturday, my brother. It's gonna, can't wait for it. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. I can't wait to join, man. But with that being said, I'll see you guys on the next episode. This is, uh, David Take from care, Top Long Sports and I'll catch y'all. Peace.